What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Corey Conklin on the line. We're going to dive into keto, his transformation, his journey, and then how that's kind of resulted and played a part in his development of his own business. So we can talk keto and business all day long. Without further ado, how are you, Corey? I am wonderful, Robert. How about yourself today? I'm doing just dandy, my man, just dandy. So give the audience kind of a, a bio. You you reached out to me on uh, through email, I believe, and then I, I've yeah. kind of been following your journey ever since, but kind of give, give us a little insight into your transition into keto, kind of how that's shaped your day-to-day and, and what was the motivation behind that in the first place? Sure. Most of my adult life, I've been overweight, um, to one extreme or another. And early on, uh, probably in my early 20s, I tried low fat more than once and it, it would last a couple of weeks and that would be it. It's like, this this is nasty. I just can't handle this rice cake suck. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd throw all, of, all the food I bought away and then just go back to eating the way that I was. And as I got older, of course, started putting on more weight. And then somewhere along the line, uh, I was reading about or uh, heard about Atkins, figured, you know, might as well give it a try and uh, use that along with uh, exercise to get healthy in my mid-20s. But as usual, uh, my mindset wasn't correct in that it was a lifestyle change. It was just a diet. I'd quit. I'd put the weight back on and go up and down. Uh, Once I got married, uh, my poor wife, I put on several more pounds after the fact, and I got up to about 275 pounds. And we were actually on a missions trip helping a friend of ours overseas, and he said, hey, you know, he suggested trying HCG shots, which I don't recommend to anybody, um, but it was something different. Gave it a try. But the, the interesting thing was, well, once you're done with the shots is you're supposed to just eat low carb. And so I actually got from uh, 275, I got myself down to 188 pounds in about a year. And then, of course, again, it wasn't the right mindset. It wasn't my lifestyle. And I, I fell off the wagon as, as people do. And I got myself back up to around 240 pounds and then just been on and off again with low carb. How, how does the, the HCG shot diet work? Like I, I don't, I've heard of it. I know a little bit, but I don't know the details. Sure. It, it depends on the, the, the way that you, somebody uh, recommends it. There's drops that you can supposedly take, um, just put them in your mouth and or shots. And I was actually doing injections uh, twice a day, I believe. And it was literally a zero fat um, or as low fat as possible diet. I would have black coffee for breakfast. Uh, Lunch would be like four ounces of uh, boneless, skinless chicken breast, a little bit of lettuce with uh, just vinegar. I don't even think I could put oil on it. And then dinner was the same. And you might have, uh, for example, like an apple also. So it was 600 calories along with the, the injections, which are supposed to, with the two together, allow you to burn fat. I really wasn't all that hungry. I know other people were, but it, I survived. The worst part was it's, you know, hey, if you do this for 30 days, you can lose a lot of weight. And after about a week or two, you're like, this, I, I need real food. I, I, it's the same thing all the way, you know, for a couple of weeks, it gets old quick. But it did, I mean, there was rapid weight loss. Uh, the drawback was, you know, long, long. it's not long-term viable. You can't continue to do this uh, over the long-term. Uh, I, again, I always found it interesting that, hey, low-carb is what you transition to as soon as you're done anyway, or even even keto, uh, which wasn't as, that, that word wasn't floating around back at that time. Uh, this was probably 2011. Uh, but that's something that always kept in the back of my mind going, well, it's still low-carb anyway. So, you know, later on, it's like, I just, this is how I need to do it. 
um, mm-hmm. not even bother with something that really just sucked. And then what was the what was the transition? So you did the HGC, HG, uh, HCG shots, <laughs> and then you, you knew all the while that low carb was kind of the direction it was pointing to. Did you just transition from that into uh, low carb? I got down to, uh, when I got down to 188 pounds, and I, I assume it was a holiday, and as the old saying goes, my holiday and had had something I shouldn't have, and it turned into a hollow week, which turned into for me a hollow couple of years. So mm-hmm. I, I I probably went home for Christmas um, with my wife, visited family, and you know that looks pretty good. Let me let me have it. It's only one meal; it's no big deal. Well, you know now we're going to my parents' house, and oh yeah, they're making my favorite. I'll have that, and I can start after the first of the year. And Again, back to not having the right thought processes and mindsets. It you know it was a couple of years later, and I've put back fifty of those pounds. It was that that caused me to finally in uh, to to step back and, and and I tried to do low carb on a semi regular basis, but I would always oh well you know this one meal won't hurt, and I would do that two or three times a month. Yeah, I actually I just got on recording a podcast on this this very subject matter, and it's like you know the whole concept of you know giving yourself one meal. I mean, it, it's it's truly needs to be looked at like a, a drug. Like you don't want to think of keto as being very strict, and you have to maintain like a certain super strict diet. You know, it's, it's easy to say just live a little bit. You only live once. Have a little bit of that meal. But I mean, alcoholics probably say the same thing about drinking alcohol. You know? Yeah, and uh, as Doctor Westman says. They're finding now that if if you go ahead and have your one cheat meal, it could be two weeks, uh, according to what they're finding, that before you're back into ketosis again. Um, mm-hmm. I have, uh, back to when I finally got back to strict ketosis, uh, as, as close as I could. I started Thanksgiving Day of 2017. Uh, that was one of my, as, as uh, Ken Canyon puts it, that was one of my C moments, my significant emotional events where... My wife was like, hey, who's who's going to lose 10 pounds the fastest? And I chuckled. I'm like, well, I already know I'm going to win that contest because I have a whole lot more to lose and she didn't need to lose anything. Mm-hmm. And it, it just hit me that, okay, I know what to do and I'm not doing it. I'm having these, you know, every couple of weeks. Well, this is no big deal. Not necessarily cheat meals. I didn't see him as a cheat. It was just I kept giving in and not concentrating on my health. So Thanksgiving day of, of uh, 17, I finally said, okay, we're starting today. We cooked a full Thanksgiving meal and it was all low carb across the board. And Very since good. that time, I have uh, twice that I can think of uh, where I said, you know, it's a busy day. I'm on the road. We're just going to go out to eat today. And I didn't care what I ate. And then the next day, I actually took a customer out to lunch and same thing happened. It's like, oh, he said, let's go to a Mexican restaurant. And I should have said no, because that chips and salsa just, it tastes too good. And for for two weeks... I was, I mean, the inflammation came in the next day. It hurt. My knees were killing me. My 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 back hurt. Uh, intestinal distress. I quote unquote gained ten pounds in in a day. Now, granted, it was all water weight, but it took over two weeks to get back to normal. Um, it just reminded me. This is why I don't want to cheat. Um, one one of the many reasons because it's not worth the pain. Quite literally. Yeah, and then I mean, it's 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 interesting. I've got several clients that have been, you know, overweight and were incredibly insulin uh, resistant and when whenever they have like a cheat meal they're obviously going to respond much different than someone that's that's very insulin sensitive and not overweight and it is not it's not a rare thing for them to gain you know 10 15 maybe even like 20 pounds over the course of you know 24 hours when they go off the rails but then they're faced with this just wall of like <laughs> distress and emotional heartache 
in in having that huge weight gain, even though they can very oftentimes lose that water weight nearly as quick as they gained it. Just simply having that huge wall in front of them and looking at the scale, seeing 20 pounds up, 10 pounds up, it's like that almost is enough to, to break the break the stride and just give in completely. And it does. I, I've done it myself. So I, I understand completely what people are feeling when that happens. You look at the scales and go, I blew it. I'm just going to eat what I, what I want now. And you, you waste all of that hard work. Uh, you know, you don't sit there and see the, the overall picture. I've lost 50 pounds or 70 or 100 and then say, well, you know, okay, it's only 10 pounds. It's, it's uh, uh, even if it's 25% of my weight loss, I, I can stop now and go back at it. Uh, part of it is also, I don't think people realize it's water weight. They just see mm-hmm. 10 pounds and go, oh my goodness, I've gained weight. Yeah, but do your, are your clothes fitting tighter? Because if you put 10, 10 pounds of fat back on your body, your pants are going to fit tighter. Your shirt's going to fit tighter. Your belt's going to be a notch bigger. And they don't pay attention to all of that. It's the shock of, oh my goodness, and like I said, I've done it. You give in and say, oh, well, forget it. It's not worth the hassle anymore. Uh, so I think that's something that really needs to be taught along with uh, just, you know, the basics of low carbon keto is, hey, if you do cheat, this is what happens. Pay attention to your body, especially with the pain, the aches and the pains that come back. Pay attention to that and ask yourself, do I really want to deal with this again? And I think it really could help motivate people to go, okay, I've screwed up. Let me step back and start all over again and really get back on track. I've really been trying to, to dive into the psychology of the human race. Like <laughs> I'm trying to think about how people think and why they think the way they do and how that results in the actions they take. So in, in your opinion, if someone know, I mean, you knew when you had those two instances that were off course that you would have the inflammation, you would gain the weight, you would have that initial uh, water retention that you wouldn't feel as good. So why why do you, why do you think people go off the rails and do that? Like I'm I'm trying to reverse engineer this and actually deconstruct people's thought process. I think part of it is perspective. They're on a diet. Uh, it's not a it's not a lifestyle. That's something that um, I've really changed on my thought processes. I, I'm not on a diet anymore. Um, this is my life. Um, I tease people and they when they ask you know well, what are your goals? I want to look like Mark Sisson when I'm 65 years old. That's my goal. I've got a mm-hmm. long way to go. And it, it's now it's a completely different perspective. It's not I want to lose weight. Um, I, I honestly don't care if I lose another pound the rest of my life. That's how good I feel. I'm paying attention to my body now and realize I sleep a, a whole lot better. I wake up almost every day unless I have a late night at six o'clock, six thirty in the morning, ready to go. I get up. I go downstairs, do a little bit of reading, start my exercises, grab my coffee, and I go. Um, I didn't. If you'd have told me in my 20s and 30s that I'd wake up every day at 6 o'clock ready to go, I'd have laughed at you. Uh, again, the lack of inflammation is a, a big factor for me, but also long term. Um, I'm looking at, okay, I want to be there for my grandkids. I want to be able to go running around with them, playing with them, taking them places uh, in my 60s and 70s and beyond. I don't want to sit there and go, yeah, Love you kids, but grandpa's kind of tired. I can't go out today. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want dementia. I don't want Alzheimer's. Uh, I, I don't want any of these degenerative diseases that I, I truly believe are a result of diet today. So with other people, I don't think they really step back and have that thought process of why am I doing this? Uh, Simon Sinek in his book, uh, Start With Why, and his TED Talk, uh, which both of which were recommended by uh, Ken also, uh, have been very helpful. It's a why do you want to do what you want to do? And when you have a good why that, that is greater than your what, um, that really helps you be more successful. So my whys 
they change often. Uh, so is my what. Uh, like I said, I, my what, do I really want to lose weight? Yeah, um, but that's really not uh, what I want to do now is just stick to living low-carb keto so that I can be healthy the rest of my life and not, not have to worry about some of those degenerative diseases that we see today, uh, so many people that are suffering with. And I think people really need to get that, that thought process ingrained into them to make the changes. I completely agree. It's, um, you know, thinking of it as a lifestyle versus thinking of it as a diet, I believe is like the, the fork in the crossroads, so to speak, where people are either going to, you know, fall off the wagon, have those cheat meals and just never really reach the goal versus actually reaching the goal. And I mean, we say that and it sounds so obvious, like people, you know, mm -hmm. know that they need to fully commit and make it a lifestyle, but people have so much of a difficulty in doing that. And it's, it's confusing to me because, you know, I love a, a cinnamon roll. I love a piece of cheesecake. <laughs> I love all that stuff just as much as the next person, but I don't love that. Like nowhere, anywhere as close as I love, you know, the, the long-term health benefits, the in the moment benefits, like just on a 24 hour revolving basis. I know that if I go off the rails and have a ton of carbs, I'm not going to perform worth a damn in my day-to-day -day business task, much less my performance yeah. goal. So that that alone is enough of a reason to not even you know flirt the edge and 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 go that way um but then i think about the long term effects of like you're saying like the degener degenerative diseases and you know alzheimers and dementia like if there's anything i can be doing now that can have a compounding effect on my uh likelihood to avoid those later i'm i'm going to do it like it's an, it's no questions about it like I, I think this whole philosophy of, you know, you only live life once, just go for it, you know, have that piece of cake. I think that's just a, a very weak mindset. And and people mm -hmm. might crucify me, crucify me for saying that. But at the end of the day, I mean, a, a piece of cake is not worth it, you know? No, it's it's not. I mean, especially when you can find plenty of other recipes. If you really want something, you can find a way to have it and keep it low carb. I'm not going to say it'll necessarily keep it keto uh, with with terminology, but you want cheesecake. I, I can make a cheesecake that tastes pretty good, and it'll 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 fill that itch that you have. Just mm -hmm. pay attention to serving sizes and eat a serving. That's another reason I try to avoid even uh, keto treats because man, I, I you give me something sweet and I don't want to stop. I'd rather eat the whole thing than that one you know sixteenth of a slice of of a whole cheesecake. Um, same with nuts, for example. They're a great snack, but I'll eat a whole jar. And there goes my day. I yeah. wasted on a jar of nuts. Uh, so paying attention and yeah, there may be times. Um, I know some people that, yeah, okay, it, it'll help them. But eventually you'll get to the point you go, I, I don't want it. I don't need it. Um, the, the cravings will disappear. It just takes time for your body to adjust. Yeah, I completely 100% agree. It's uh, it's It's kind of like, you know, I was, I was talking earlier about this today, actually, as well. You know, if, when I first started the diet, I was really keen to try all the different, you know, pseudo lookalike meals, have all the cheesecakes, all the cookies and whatnot, because you can make those. And there's all the recipes out there for them. But then the, the more deeply adapted you get, the more you just tend to phase those out. And mm -hmm. I feel like people, like if, if people just, you know, committed to keto in its true, pure form for six months straight and yep. then decided they wanted to introduce some stuff, they would have so much more willpower than if they just totally, you know, went off the rails from the get go. I mean, if, if I mean, anybody can do anything for six months, you know, it just takes a little bit of yep. discipline and willpower. And if they do that, then they'll at least see the light on the other side of the tunnel. And if you then make the decision to just go against that, then that's on you. But 
at least mm-hmm. give your body and, and mind the, the you know quality performance it's due and get that far before you decide to go off the rails. Yeah, I mean, pay attention. I mean, I, I encourage all of my clients, you know, pay attention to the non-scale victories. Again, how you feel, uh, your clothes fitting better and everything up, the mental clarity. I mean, it's, I thought that was crazy. And then it's like, I can't believe how much better I can think and the, the ideas that I come up with. Um, it's like, it's so much better. Just, okay, sleep. When I go out, I go out. I, I sleep so much better. Pay attention to all the benefits you're gaining and then weigh that against the opposite and mm-hmm. put it on a set of scales and go, okay, which is better for me? Which do I prefer? Like you said, do I want that in the moment piece of cheesecake or do I want that lifetime of better health? Uh, and there's a, if people are honest, what they want and what they'll do are two different things. But I think most people want the long-term health. They just, like you said, give it that six months to get adjusted. I mean, uh, an example that I use is if you put a bad bad tank of gas in your car, it's going to run really bad for a while until it finally burns through that bad gas. And it's now burning you know, a, a cleaner fuel because it, it took time to get through it. Our bodies are the same way, except we've been burning bad fuel for, in my case, 40 years. And mm-hmm. it, it took time to really adjust and get used to a cleaner fuel source and said, oh, I feel so much better now. Why did I not do this in the first place? I totally agree. And and that that's a great segue to the, the next thing I want to talk about here, which is when you do, you know, take it to the next level with your nutrition and you, you have that kind of aha moment and you recognize how much better you feel, then you start to see opportunities and you just, you just see life through a different lens and you, you feel like you've accomplished this and and now you know the world is your oyster you can you can do so much more and you actually believe that you can accomplish it so with that said how is you know your your foundation and your success with keto kind of bled into other aspects of your life and 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 forced you to kind of recognize and and move forward on other goals of yours yeah good question i was I one of the the passions of mine. It's not keto specific, but it's great for keto. Is smoking meat. I know that you enjoy Mm -hmm. that also. And in the past, again, back to the the proper perspective and mindset, I would go to the store, buy a barbecue rub, look at the jar, and it'll say zero carbs, zero sugar. Then you go to the ingredient list. The first ingredient's brown sugar, but the nutrition label says there's none in here, and it's. I I watched uh, your YouTube video with Dr. Ken Berry talking about that twenty percent. And they can round mm-hmm. up and they can round down. And they intentionally keep the serving size so small that the percentages are where they can say, oh, there's no sugar in this. So in the past, I would say, oh, okay, no big deal. It says zero carbs. I'm good. And then fast forward to uh, December of 2017. And I stood at a at the store. They had this eight foot wide rack, probably six foot high, full of barbecue rubs. And all of them were full of sugar. I'm like... Okay, no, this is my lifestyle now. I can't do this, no matter what the nutrition label says. And I quite literally stood in the grocery store and said, okay, I'm I'm starting my own business selling sugar-free, additive-free spices and rubs because I'm not the only one out there that wants this. Uh, There are, you know, millions of people out there that want to live and get healthy, whether they're low-carb, they're keto, they're vegetarian, they're vegan. They just want to remove sugar and junk from their diet. And I stood there and said, okay, I'm going to change this. And as a result, I started at that time. The name of the company at that time was going to be Keto Pig Barbecue. Uh, but through working with one of your former guests, Ken Canyon, long story short, I was listening to your podcast with him on my way to work one day. 
stopped where I was going, found out I was in the town that he lives in, gave him a call, and now we're we're working together. And he pointed out, yeah, that's a kind of a narrow focus for the name of your company. You need to open it up a little bit. And so I created a Select Savory Seasonings, where we sell gourmet, fresh, sugar-free, additive-free uh, spices and rubs so that people can enjoy their smoked meats and their foods and everything else without the worry of, well, what's in here? Well, there's nothing in here except for spices. It's all good for you. That That is so cool, man. Like you, I, I don't oftentimes bring people on the show so they could talk about their product or, you know, their business, whatever it is, because I don't want to come across as like, like just pushing stuff. But that is the exact opposite of what you're doing here. Like you, you were on the keto lifestyle. You saw a hole in the marketplace. You, you were looking for seasonings yourself to use, mm-hmm. recognize there was an opportunity there, a potential, and you just freaking went for it, man. And that's, like I'll do everything I can to promote that kind of thinking because that is that is what more people need to be doing. Right, and you know I tell people all the time it's like I believe my stuff. Um, it, it's great. It tastes amazing, which was something that really blew me away. Once I started getting into this, it's like fresh spices taste so much better than or freshly bottled spices compared to what you're buying in the store, and you have no clue how old that is. Oh, it's got an expiration date. Well, you still don't know when they bottled it. Uh, so it it adds so much flavor and variety to your food. And I'll tell people, you don't have to buy my stuff. I, I realize you don't need select savory seasonings to be successful in keto or like a lot of these products out there that say, oh, you have to use this or you're never going to. No, I didn't get into it to force it on people. It's a help. It's a tool you can add to your kitchen cabinet in this case uh, instead of a toolbox. Well, I guess in your case, it would be a toolbox that you have in the kitchen full of spices. And it it adds variety uh, to your, you know, I guess one of the complaints I hear from people is, well, keto and low carb are boring. It's the same thing over and over again. Okay. Well, in my family, yeah, it's the same basic foods, but I've got uh, 35 or 37 different spices and blends. I could cook hamburger every day of the week and it's going to be different every single time. And all I did was change the spices. Uh, You can go from you know, a, a chili powder one day to uh, garlic herb seasoning the next. To, and you add variety simply by changing the flavor profile of your food. And it, it helps tremendously uh, with with that aspect of it also. It is it is amazing, man. Like I'll, because I, I look at the ingredient list on everything. Like I don't buy a single food item or spice or sauce or anything without looking beneath the, the nutrient profile, uh, macro profile, and looking at the actual ingredients because it it is astonishing. Like me, you know, making the keto bricks and being in the food industry, I've, I've kind of gotten a, you know, first uh, first line view of how how crazy the food industry truly is, and that whole twenty percent margin thing is true. And companies will do some pretty pretty deceiving things just to make a quick buck. And it's sad, but it's true. So it's our responsibility as consumers to you know take that into our own hands. We can't expect companies to not try and make a dollar because people just don't have that integrity, unfortunately. Um, but you look at foods that that do say zero carbs, zero sugar, and the first ingredient is sugar, and you're you're kind of left standing like, what do I do? Do I eat it or do I not eat it? But with, with yours, I mean, you, you sent me like a sample pack, and, and that stuff is freaking delicious, man. Like I put that on the venison that I killed uh, this past couple weeks ago. Uh, I've been putting it on my steaks and putting it in my ground beef. And like having seasoning adds a whole world of flavor, kind of like you were just saying. But 
I mean, I eat, I eat a pound of ground beef every single day and I'll get tired of ground beef occasionally, but a pound of ground beef with like a different seasoning that's on like a five day rotational basis. I don't think I'd ever get old, ever get tired of that, you know? Yeah, exactly. That, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to start the companies to help people with that is to understand, Hey, it's not just, you know, plain old hamburger. You can add a lot of variety to it. Um, I also, especially with working with Ken, um, started a, another brand, which is uh, the creative keto cook, trying to teach people how to simply cook, um, on a day-to-day basis, uh, their food to how to live keto, stay keto. Now, I know there's a lot of recipes and stuff out there, but they get really complex. And I just, I wanted to keep it simple. I want to stick with the KISS method and keep it simple, stupid, or mm-hmm. keep it super simple, whichever one you prefer. And it's, you know, it's basically you pick, pick your meat, you pick your protein, pick your fat and pick your vegetable. And then how are you going to cook it? And that's basically what I do. It's those three items. Uh, it's not as difficult as people think that it is. It's just kind of like my wife, the, my poor, poor wife, when we got married, had no clue how to cook low carb. She was a casserole queen. And it's like, sorry, I, I'm not eating it. You'll have to learn how to adjust. Now she comes up with stuff, you know? So it's, again, it's, it's too hard to, you know, we've been doing this long enough. I'll come home. She's like, hey, what do you think of this? And oh, by the way, you have to guess which of your spices I used in here. And I've had a couple uh, of like things that. I went, that was pretty good. And I, you know, wrote it down, added it to, uh, to the, to my website. So, hey, other people can now enjoy it. How do you, how do you have, um, uh, there's two different directions I want to take this. I want to either, I want to dive into both. I want to dive into the business. And then I also want to dive into like the actual culinary, uh, you know, art of, of cooking and preparing food. Um, it's simple art, but it's an art nonetheless. So what, uh, like what are some of your go-tos? I mean, you, you said the ground beef with a different seasoning, but you know, what are some quick and easy go-to techniques and, and cuts that you, you gravitate towards? Um, for the meats, we generally stick with, uh, skin on chicken thighs. Uh, they, we, when we pay attention to whether on sale, you can get them for 60 to 70 cents a pound, buy it in bulk and freeze it. Um, Ground beef, obviously. Uh, we love going with roasts. Uh, throw it in mm-hmm. the crock pot. Put your put put a stick of butter and some spices on there. Come home eight hours later, and you're done. Uh, again, pay attention to when stuff's on sale. You can get a, a good roast for two ninety nine to three forty nine a pound. Um, I also like to get one bigger than we're going to use, maybe twice as big for dinner. That now I've got leftovers for lunch, uh, for myself, for the kids. And for my wife, I, I, I say a lot leftovers are one of the best parts of living keto because uh, you just open the fridge and go, that's good. And you eat it. It's, it's just leftover from the day before. On occasion, we'll do uh, pork. Uh, and now with if you have a smoker, I love doing uh, pulled pork on a regular on a semi-regular basis and some ribs. What's your what's your smoking technique? What kind of smoker do you use? I have uh, an egg design. It's not it's not a green egg, but. It's uh, one of those acorn Kamado style, so it uses charcoal and wood. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, I want to buy a pellet smoker just for the simplicity, um, but I, I'm just not there yet. It's I pay attention when charcoal's on sale, and uh, for the price I paid for this smoker, I, I about stole it. So it, yeah. it works well. It takes a little more maintenance as compared to a pellet smoker, but it holds the heat really well. And once I get it set, it's just a matter of, uh, keeping an eye on it every couple hours to make sure the temperature doesn't, you know, swing too high or too low. Ironically, I've got three pork butts sitting in the freezer to be smoked in two weeks for a, a church function. So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have any of that coming home. 
uh, with us. No, no leftovers. Yeah, no leftovers. No leftovers. Um, I, I loved smoked meats, man. Like smoked meats are like my, that's what I gravitate towards 100%. But I, uh, I've never used the pellet, the pellet grill, but I'm assuming that's probably the, the, for just ease of use. I mean, that's pretty much a set it and forget it technique, right? Like you don't have to make sure your, your charcoals are, are good. You just pretty much put it on the dial you need and then it come back when it's done basically, right? Yeah. It has, uh, most of the, uh, the, the better ones will have a thermometer that sets inside. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll, it'll set the temper and adjust. And then it'll also have a probe to go into the meat. So you can sit there and check and okay, what's the temperature of the meat when it hits what you're looking for, you're done. Um, I actually, I was teasing Danny when he got rid of one of his smokers. Um, for those that don't know who I'm talking about, Danny Vega, and I teased him on Instagram. I was like, I'll take your old one, but we live a couple of states away and I didn't have the money. So there went that yeah. idea. He, uh, yeah, he, he's got that uh, Traeger, I believe. He, I think he loves it. So yeah. with, with those, is there a difference in flavor? Like, cause, I mean, I'm pretty hardcore traditionalist with, with a lot of things. Is that like any, any loss in flavor whatsoever from with using that versus like a traditional smoker? That'll come down to the quality of the pellets that you buy. You buy cheap pellets, it's not going to taste as good. But um, from what I've seen and talking to other people, it's it's close. I mean, there are some people that will just, you know, oh, I can always tell the difference. But um, when mm-hmm. you come, when it comes to weighing, okay, I've got to I've got to watch this all day, or I can set it and forget it, and there's a slight taste variation. Um, when you don't have time, the, the slight difference in taste, you know, is not going to outweigh the time that it takes. Because there yeah. there are days if I'm if I'm going to smoke a brisket. I got to get up at four in the morning and I can't leave the house. I've got to be home for the next 10 to 12 hours to make sure I don't ruin the meat. Yeah, that, that's uh, a, <laughs> that is quite the task for sure. Um, what about, uh, so with regard to the season, let's just kind of dive into those. You have how many different seasoning varieties now? Uh, I think it's 37. I had, I just ordered four new ones that I quite literally was putting on my website right before we started this. So it's it's thirty five to thirty seven different uh, seasonings and spices. And how how does that how, how does that structure like? Do you basically just you know combine these you know in your own kitchen, kind of pick part of the flavor profile, figure out what you like, and then order based off of that, or how does that set up? Actually, the uh, the company that does all the work, the bottling and everything for me, um, the individual spices they they are what they are. So for example, cinnamon or granulated onion or garlic or salt or pepper. Um, they're just individual spices, so it's a matter of just labeling them with select savory seasonings and going. Uh, but they also offer uh, a couple, some sugar-free uh, and additive-free blends. So actually, the blends that I have right now are theirs. Eventually, when I have time, which I don't know, as you understand, I'll ever have time with running my own business, uh, the goal is to come up with some other blends uh, more for the, the meat smoking side of things, combining different salts and peppers and garlics to like uh, for a brisket, a salt, pepper, garlic rub. That mm-hmm. would be, is a couple of things I've got in mind. So I have that option to do, but right now that's, uh, they, they already had stuff that they offer to people and I took advantage of it and ran. I like it. I like it. Yeah. The, uh, I'm trying to think, I think yesterday I had the meat seasoning that you sent, uh, with the ground beef and I'm not sure what all that has in it on top of my head, but it's like that red, based uh, meat seasoning but it's absolutely delicious yeah fr- friend of mine she uh put that on some country ribs threw it in the crock pot and the kids are like mommy that's the best you've ever cooked that and i was teasing her that well really i cooked it but 
at, you know, she just laughed at me. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was your spices. I get it. Yeah. I'm thinking, man, like I need to, I've got an instant pot and I never really use an instant pot except I use it like as a big bowl to sous vide steaks in, which is not what the purpose is for at all. But I need to start using that. And then just, you know, going back to simplicity's sake, you know, getting a roast, sticking it in there with that meat seasoning and I'd be good to go. That's one of the, the devices I haven't gotten yet. But from what I've read, it's like, Within an hour, you've got a whole roast that's just literally falling apart. I'm like, uh, okay, that's next. I got my sous vide. I've been playing with that. My wife is starting to love steak just because of that. And actually, I did use that to make a roast also. How do you use the sous vide? I just throw it in, uh, at, depending on the temp that I'm looking for, 135 to 145. Cook it for a couple hours, and then I'll I heat the grill up to sear it a little bit. I've, I've tried using a cast iron pan. I don't know if it's me. Uh, but we always, I always smoke out the family doing it in a pan. So I just usually heat the grill up real hot and put some nice sear marks on the outside of it. No, I, I do the same thing, man. Every time I was using the cast iron with the sous vide steak, I'd smoke out the family. And by that, I mean me. <laughs> and then, uh, but I, it, it, it hurts me to to get a whole thing of charcoal going and have like enough charcoal to grill an entire meal just to put it on there for like 30 seconds each side to get a sear. Yep. And I I I have a gas grill for those quick times where the kids want burgers and dogs. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So that's I just heat that thing up as hot as I can get it, and kind of roll it across as you go, so you can sear and another hot spot and sear, and I get those nice cross marks on the outside. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's I don't know, man. Cooking meat, I don't know. Like I, we're all keto here. We all love cooking, and eating meat, but it's like mm-hmm. therapeutic to have a perfectly, you know, flame charred and seared steak i mean it just it's hard to beat that oh yeah uh, okay my mouth's watering we need to stop <laughs> yeah, yeah this is gonna be like the the dine and dash podcast people are gonna listen to this thing go get something to eat um so talk about the business man you've been doing this now for how long in total um i think i actually started uh I, the, the process started just over a year ago and then mm-hmm. the actual uh product probably launched i think in it was May or June of this year. So six to eight months is when I've actually had product out and on the market. And it's been, it's, it's like anything you got to getting the tractions fun, uh, getting your name out there. So I've been attending local vendor events just to get people to, to see and, and get to know. So I've got, it's night. It's neat. I have some local customers that'll call me every couple of weeks and say, Hey, um, I need some stuff. Can you meet me somewhere? And then through different online forums, low carb groups and stuff like that. There's a couple where the the people running the group have said, Hey, if you post whatever you want, go ahead and promote your stuff. We, we would, we want you to be successful. So now that has helped out tremendously also. And again, it's, uh, it's really neat going to some of these uh, low carb support meetings. And I was at a, at one this past Saturday, lady, lady looks at me, she goes, are you Corey? Yeah. Conklin. Yeah. Spice guy. Yeah. I love your spices. That's pretty cool, man. Before. So it's really neat. I know you've you've probably dealt with that also, where you just and I, I'm getting used to it. It's like you, these people come up to you and you're like, "Hey, thanks. We appreciate what you're offering. It's been helpful to me." Yeah, there's honestly nothing nothing more rewarding than that to be able to like make something that you believe in and stand behind mm-hmm. for. I mean, honestly, just just for your own use more than anything. I mean, you you made it because you saw a hole in the marketplace. You recognized that this was something that you could benefit from, so you set out to make it. Yep. But then to have it benefit not just you, but so many others that have them tell you that. I mean, that is almost like the coolest thing ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll never get over it. So now with you're asking about the business. Now it's just a case of 
uh, building the brand, um, which again, working with Ken Canyon on that and, and trying to get, get the name out there, reaching out to people uh, such as yourself. Uh, now, I'll admit that I was hesitant to reach out initially just because I, I and I understand the thought process of, hey, we don't want people on just to, to push a product because that's not the ultimate goal. Uh, but when you had that uh, request on your uh, seven set Sunday or Monday, whichever day it was, but hey, I, I'm looking for sugar-free spices. I'm looking for a sugar-free deer jerky rub. I was like, hey, I, I think I can hook him up on this one and figure, yeah. you know, now's, now's the time to ask because you, you now have the product, you've tried it. And um, something I'll probably be doing more with other people that are, uh, you know, influencers saying, hey, we at least give it a shot and see what you think. And if you like it, maybe we can work together, you know, down the road. Yeah, see that, that is huge, man. Like I'm about to double down on my influencer marketing um, strategy as well. But, you know, finding people in the space, uh, you know, reaching out to them you know, hitting them up with a DM or an email, putting yeah. in the legwork, uh, getting product in front of them and not seeming pushy or sales. Like so many companies just send out a blast email or DM to a bunch of people that registers on a search engine, which is totally the wrong way to do it. But like actually going in, you know, finding these people's emails, you know, hitting them up on the, you know, DM on Instagram, making it personal, giving them the time of day. Like that is, that is what it takes. And the, the cool thing about it is since it takes effort, few companies do it so if you're one of the people that is a hustler is a grinder you go and do that and it stands out so you're gonna get a lot of no's for sure but i mean you keep you keep doing that and you keep pushing yourself and and do so in a non-invasive like genuine way i mean people want to see you succeed like i want to see you succeed that's why i was so glad to get you on the podcast you know like you've reached out to me we've, we've corresponded before you hooked me up with the deer jerky seasoning it's like hey man i, I want i want to do whatever i can to to make this work for you you know? Yep. And and it, like you said, it's being genuine. It's being honest. I mean, everyone I reach out to, it's like, here's my story. Uh, I, I try to keep it as concise as possible. Here's why I'm offering what I'm offering. Here's why I think, I hope that you would like to at least try my seasonings. Give me feedback at the very least, if you do nothing else. But, you know, I've had several people in an uh, that have said, wow, I love these. How can we work together until I, some of that's finalized. Well, I, I'll hold off as to who, but I, one of the mailing boxes is probably going to put uh, at least a couple times next year. We'll have some of my stuff in there to help people out and say, hey, here's a new product. Give it a try. Uh, and a well, along with a couple of other um, uh, big name people that they're like, this is amazing. How can we work? It's like anything. Uh, once you get out there, I mean, like, you you know, you built your brand. And then, of course, when you launched your keto brick, well, everybody already knows who you are. So now you've got the product to go with it. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, I, if you know somebody willing to pay extra, I have like one or two of the uh, cinnamon left. I could sell for a price. Not just kidding. <laughs> the black market for the bricks, man. Exactly. It's crazy. I've had, I've seen people, I've seen people trying to sell the bricks on eBay for like double the cost, man. It's it's uh, just weird. Well, it, like people, people do some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, it just people out there try. I mean, I I, I want to make a buck, but you know, they, there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Yeah. Kind of going back to that integrity thing. There's, there's been several people here lately that have, have made like knockoff bricks, uh, you know, and tried to sell them on the market and like, you know, just, I don't know, just really shady stuff. And yeah. I get that there's going to be competitors. I'm actually going to make a video on that. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about competitors because competitors aren't bad. Like it pushes you to, you know, up your game and make sure that you're, yes on your toes and, and, and hustling and, and not getting complacent. But at the same time, there's a difference between having competitors in the marketplace and having people that are just so lazy and lacking in creativity that they try and right. replicate your thing exactly. 
and then show all disrespect to you like that i don't have time for yeah it's just it's hey i see something let me try to undercut it it's like come on a little bit of creativity and and forethought um not just bottom dollar how can i how can i copy somebody else and make money um yeah yeah, that that drives me nuts and see honestly and this is going to be what i talk about in that video i'm gonna make but even those people you know, that are that are just in it to make a quick buck and get into the market while there's a hype around a certain product like the keto brick, for instance, mm-hmm. and and leverage that traffic that I've generated and then play off of that. Like those people can freaking, you know, let them let them jump in, let them let them get mm-hmm. what they can, because my people are loyal to me because I've I've been here from the beginning when I had nothing. I yep. put in the work and I stayed up and put in the hours. And that's why the people I have are there in the first place. So, yeah. You know, these these competitors that are just in it for the short term, like they're never going to put in that work. They're never going to, you know, sacrifice the sleep and the time to do that. So they're just going to be a flash in the pan and they're gone. So let them be that flash in the pan. Let them lack and throw away their integrity. I'm going to be here long after they're gone. Yeah, they, they're going to dump their customers and run to the next, you know, big thing or uh, the, ne- the next, you know, buck, basically. Um, that they're going to chase after, you know, it, it, people keep thinking, well, keto may wane over time, maybe as a name, but Hey, we're still going to be here. We're still going to be helping people and providing a service and or a product that has long-term benefits. Not just like you said, jumping in while it's hot and then jumping out as it cools off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, keto, keto, like everything else, I mean, everything else goes in waves. There's going to be a time where keto is not the, the hyped word on the internet by any means, but I'm still going to be keto because I recognize what all it's done for me and the people that are, you know, like a lot of the people that have gotten on the diet, like they'll still be here. A lot of the companies will disappear, but a lot of the people that have actually benefited from it and, you know, they've lost weight, they've, they've experienced a transformation, they've improved their metabolism or they've, you know, kind of removed a lot of these diseases from their life. I mean, that they, they have no reason to leave, so they'll still be here. Exactly. And and you know we'll be here to help them. I mean, whether it's through products uh, with like bricks and seasonings, or it's through services through coaching. Obviously, you have a completely different clientele um, of coaching as compared to me. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be able to uh, to to train somebody to do a show, but I'll work. You know, I'm here to work with those people that are like me, who you know, as, as the creative keto cook, my goal is to help people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired by showing them how to simply cook. Good, tasty food that's good for them so they can lose weight and feel amazing. I know I want to help the people mm-hmm. that that they are now where I used to be and say, look, this is where I'm at. You can get here. You can lose weight. You can get stronger. It takes time. It takes effort. Uh, there will be pain involved, but you can do it. Here's here's my before and after. Um, I, I was not, I never exercised. I can't say never. There was one time for about a year I exercised a long time ago, and then that was it. And now I'm, yeah. I, I know it's like earlier this year, back to some of the benefits, I was sitting on the couch. I said words that I never thought I would say. I need to join a gym. And it wasn't because I need to lose weight. I had energy. I'm sitting there like I have to expend this energy somehow. And I didn't join a gym. Um, I found Dr. Ted Naaman instead, and I exercise at home. And it's it's interesting seeing the body change and adjust. And all I'm using is my body. To, to, to do it, uh, getting stronger. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that, that's absolutely true. You don't have to have like, people like to paint, you know, progress into these boxes. Like in order to, you know, lose weight, you have to join a gym and do X or you have to you do this or this. But I mean, you know, if you're, if you're pushing yourself beyond your 
original self-perceived limitations. And and when you do that, you're going to be seeing progress, whether it's with your, you know, body composition, your nutrition, your business, I mean, whatever that may be, just push yourself in some form or fashion and force a change uh, in, in the right direction. And then you're, you're coming out ahead, wait, you know, a little bit every day and a little bit every day compounded over years. That's yes. what makes a difference, you know? Exactly. I mean, I, I liked your point. One of your, uh, the points in your email this week on your training tip, you know, do what you can. Now, I know in your case, you were referring to, okay, I have to adjust because of the back pain. Um, in my case, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, or with other people who are just severely overweight, do what you can. Go for a walk. You got two feet. If all you can do is walk to the end of the block and come home, do it. Do what you can. I can't do push-ups. Okay. Put your hands against the wall and push the wall away from you. Eventually get to where you can get on your knees and do a push-up. Do what you can. By doing something, uh, over time, you will get stronger. You'll get faster. And before you know it, you're going to turn around and go, oh, my goodness, I'm losing inches and I'm gaining muscle. This is amazing. Just do what you can. Uh, and people don't see that. Yeah. And then when that happens, you you just you believe in yourself again. You become yep. motivated and reinvigorated. And then then you want to start doing this stuff that you previously dreaded, you know? Yep, exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, Corey, I'm definitely going to be, uh, I'd love to sit here and talk longer, man, but I'm going to have to cook <laughs> some food, man. You've, you've got my mouth moder- watering right now. Yeah, and I've, I've got leftovers. I just hope that the family didn't eat all the leftovers, uh, or at least the ones I was <laughs> looking for. Hopefully they didn't go for the smoked brisket or something. That'd be my first pick. Uh, leftover chili that actually had smoked pork belly in it. Ooh, there's still oh, some- speaking of chili real quick. How do you, how do you how do you make your chili? Like I love chili, mm-hmm. but I mean all the chili recipes out there have you know beans or yep. obviously something that's not keto. What what is your what what forms the base of your chili? Um, I always it, mine's always a beanless chili, and it depends on what I feel like doing. It's I use our uh, chili seasoning for the heat and the spice, but uh, like the one I just did, I used leftover turkey from Thanksgiving that was in the freezer. I had actually smoked. Uh, some pork belly, but, you know, cook up bacon and then ground beef. Uh, usually the uh, I like three different meats in there. And then I, I like to do it the easy way. I'll just usually buy two jars of marinara sauce, like mazitas or rows that are they're straight up tomatoes and, and maybe some spices. So there's like five carbs per serving. Dump them in, throw them mm-hmm. in the crock pot. Um, from there, it's okay. Which vegetables do you prefer? Um, I like onion. And uh, maybe some pepper, some yellow or red peppers or green peppers to add some uh, color to the to the chili. Uh, you could use zucchini. Uh, you could put um, you could uh, cut green beans to add a little bit of texture. I, from there, it's a matter of okay, what, what would you prefer more than anything else? Uh, I I just I know some people oh they they love the texture of the beans, uh, so that's where maybe a chicken or a turkey can add some of that texture that you're not going to get with a beef. Uh, very. Gotcha. Similar to uh, a bean, uh, but like I said, hopefully I still have some left in there. Um, but that's what that's what I did last night. Uh, threw it in the crock pot, let it simmer for you know six to eight hours on low, and it was just uh, steamy, yummy. And with the thirty degree temperatures we had, it kept us warm too. Very nice, very nice. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make me chili tonight. Then. That's got me nice. Got me craving chili. Awesome, awesome. Well, Corey, where, where can people go to find out more about you and, and get some seasonings, man? Sure. Two 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 uh, websites, creativeketocook.com. And for most of my social media, just search for Creative Keto Cook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. By uh, seasonings, the website is select 
seasonings.com. Um, also, for your listeners, if they type in the promo code Keto Savage, they'll get 15% off their first order. Uh, so they nice. type in Keto Savage, all, make it all one word, not two, in the uh, promo code section for the 15% off. And that's just selectseasonings.com. And um, they can reach out, ask questions. I'm always open to suggestions. And as to new products, um, I got a couple of things in the works to add that aren't spice related, uh, but they're still food related. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for that kind of stuff too. Very cool. Well, I'll link out to all those, make it easy for people to find you. And um, I'm going to go rustle me up some some grub right now and throw some of that seasoning in there, man. Sounds good. Uh, we're going to do that, do that myself. Well, I appreciate the time, Corey. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Thanks, man. Thank you. Have a good one. 